0: Welcome back to another episode of Green Jeans. I am your one co-host, Anika Van Rossum. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm joined by my other co-host. Maya Van Rossum, and I also use she, her. And so if you couldn't tell by our last names, we are related. We are a mother-daughter duo. And if you are joining us on this podcast, we talk about uh, environmental and social justice issues through a generational lens. Because somehow, some way, my mom has been raising alarm bells about things for years, that now my generation is having to deal with still. Um, so we just talk about things like that. So yeah, I don't, yeah, that's hey, all what our show is.
1: Annika, before oh. you announce today's show, okay. I have some news. Oh man, some news. I have some exciting news. Some At awesome least Van, Van Rossum news. Me. Awesome Van Rossum news. So I'm wearing, if you're watching the video, you'll see I am wearing a special new, the Green Amendment tie-dye shirt that Annika actually gave me as a gift. But I not it. But didn't it was it. made, no, I was going to say, but it was made by our friends, Lukey and Kubi at War in the West, who did a great show with us um, that I think aired last December about paragliding and bringing the beauty of art to the paragliding skies. And then, of course, we also talked about the environment and paragliding and air quality. Um, it's all related. But anyway, I'm wearing my special worn the West Green Amendment shirt in celebration of my hot news. What is is your hot news? There's so much information there. What is your hot news? My hot news is that um, when this podcast airs, we will just be six months out, six months out from the release of the second edition of the Green Amendment book and this time it's going to be the green amendment the people's fight for a clean safe and healthy environment super exciting so people if they wanted to can already go onto Amazon and pre-order the book um, and which puts you first in line to get a copy of the book and it also helps send a message to the rest of the world that there's a powerful message in this great book and um, and I'm just super excited. That is thrilling.
0: Oh my gosh. Go to Amazon and pre-order the book. Also, and I feel like people should, right, stay up to date with things going on, should follow Green Amendments and your social media too, so that they can stay up to date on all the happenings and see all the cool graphics. You have some really cool, I won't give any away, but there's some really cool um, what are they called book recommend people who are like this is why i recommend this book it's awesome they're cool yeah and
1: more are coming in all the time it's fun Ooh. now the interesting thing is while i'm saying go order it at amazon if you wanted to pre-order now um, actually in the book i give amazon a bit of a hard time because <laughs> of their um their new warehousing and not only how it um too often has significant environmental ramifications, but how also their warehousing locations have a disproportionate impact, of course, on communities of color and low-income communities um, and environmental justice communities. So, um, you know, people who are already overburdened by pollution and degradation by Amazon, like by so many businesses, get singled out for... um, their operations, their new operations in ways that are harmful and so the book does work to um, out Amazon and other warehousing facilities for for that disturbing practice. Um, but we are all um, to the extent that people do a lot of online shopping um, and want to get things tomorrow, just be aware that in order to get things tomorrow, these warehouses are being built all over the place and having an impact. So we all need to to be a little bit more mindful and thoughtful about what we buy from an Amazon or Mm -hmm. online in general, because there are ramifications, of course. And that's, yeah, I agree. Uh, There's nothing more to add to that. But that's a, that's a lead into today's show because, um, Amazon is a business run by a person with lots of money who, um, used those gazillion dollars to what fly to Mars and the, I mean, he flew to Mars and he
0: did a, just a random space. Like, I, I don't know where he went, but I think it
1: was like an up and down and I don't even think he went to Mars. Oh, he didn't even make it there, but. Today's show subject in significant part is somebody similar. So, why don't you tell us about it, Annika? So, if you've been paying, and actually, the, the
0: Mars segue is good because this person thinks that we can all move to Mars and somehow by moving to Mars, we'll alleviate all the issues going on in the world. I don't understand it. Um, but if you've been paying attention to the news, Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. <laughs> and um, so, we wanted to talk about it because that's an absurd amount of money that is just being thrown around. Um, the reasons that he wants to buy it, I think are absolutely ridiculous. And I think also personally, as somebody who has started this great, like, like we we did an episode where we talked about um, there is no planet B. And we talked about like how it's cri- we criti- are critical of Elon Musk for saying this whole Mars thing, but like appreciate that like, yeah, he's propelled electric car technology like very forward, very quickly love that but it doesn't really like even the scale that he spent an absurd amount of wealth on buying a social media platform for the reasonings of he wants to liberate free speech is what he says um so yeah so basically Elon Musk said that he wanted to buy Twitter because he thinks that they are like gatekeeping free speech because obviously like They've limited a lot of platforms. Donald Trump got kicked off. There's a lot of conservatives usually who are kind of, um, what am I, banned or like their accounts are temporarily stalled and all that stuff. Um, so Elon's thing is that he's liberating free speech, but what we're also talking about is how 44 billion dollars could go a long way for the environment, for people. And so it's really ridiculous that we have people in this world with so much like we shouldn't have billionaires that just like shouldn't be a thing that is the literal creation because of hoarding of wealth. Um, so yeah, so if you haven't been paying attention to that, that is what we are starting off to talk about. So just to like give you guys some <laughs> numbers. Um, so WIO news reported. Um, one example is in a detailed plan, the United Nations World Food Food Program noted that Musk could support 42 million people facing famine by giving them one meal per person per day for a year. Obviously, one meal per person per day, like that's that's a thing. Would love for it to be three meals per person per day, but that could have been done. Um, and that plan would have only cost 6.6 billion dollars. Oh, this is okay. <laughs> this is my favorite thing when I was doing my digging. Um, so for the um in terms of like world hunger the wfp um so uh elon musk tweeted on twitter he said if wfp can describe on this twitter thread exactly how six billion dollars will solve world hunger i will sell tesla stock right now and do it so this is from newsweek and um the founder then clarified um because he was saying how like all this money elon had could like help this is like an old thing Um, But he said $6 billion will not solve world hunger, but it will prevent geopolitical instability, mass migration, and save 42 million people on the brink of starvation, like I just said. Um, And so then he, uh, Beasley, proceeded to provide even more details, explain all of this, and like give all the numbers. And so (laughs) um, basically, um, it was reported that Musk made a mysterious 5.74 billion donation in November 2021 a few weeks after his Twitter showdown, so not the full 6.6 billion, which is only a quarter of the 44 billion we're talking about, but then it was like there didn't seem to be any like real follow-up, Um. yeah, and I did well, some of my,
1: <laughs> oh go ahead. And Well, I, I was just, I mean, uh, you know, to me it's all as you said it's rather ridiculous that somebody should have so much money as as my husband your bonus dad says you know the only reason why um, millionaires or billionaires become millionaires or billionaires is because when they run their business operations, they don't fairly pay their employees. And so if you don't fairly pay your employees, it means you get more profits and you can amass these huge sums of money. Whereas if you actually fairly paid your employees, everybody at Microsoft, everybody working for Tesla, everybody working for Amazon um, and all these places... If, if their employers paid them fairly, not only would their workers have better quality of life, not only would they have a truly living, livable wage, not just a livable wage, but a wage that allowed them to enjoy life, enjoy education, enjoy health care, um, but the, it would it would boost up the economy all the way around because people would have more money to spend, right? We always hear about that. One of the reasons why government needs to put money back in the pocket, pockets of people is to help boost the economy. So the economy would be boosted. And the truth is, those, those business owners like Musk and Bezos and um, what's his face, Gates, they would still be millionaires and billionaires, perhaps just not Many times over, maybe Mm -hmm. just one or two times over. And doesn't that make sense? I mean, how many houses do you really need? How many cars do you really need? Do you really need to be able to take a joyride to Mars or to space? No, you don't. So, how about sharing the wealth very literally with your workers, who are the people who make it so you can actually have that wealth? It's all rather absurd. Well, and like, I just
0: think too, like, I feel like Elon preached a lot about how Tesla was like great for the environment and tried to like be this environmental person. And clearly like, I don't know. He's clear. He's fallen to a weird way. I don't understand this. And just so we're all clear, his net worth, like $44 billion to me is not a lot for this man. His net worth is uh, $264.6 billion. So like a drop in the bucket, in my opinion.
1: Um, Yeah, it really is.
0: Yeah. And also because we're talking about like climate stuff, I did, I just crunched a couple numbers. It's hard to like always figure out exact numbers for certain environmental things. Cause also too, if you're talking about like different costs for plans and um, different policies, like those numbers are really fluid right now, depending on how things work out. But to crunch two numbers for you guys, um, I looked at the cost of wind turbines. So the average size commercial wind turbine costs between Two point six and four million dollars per wind turbine. So doing Annika math. Um, so if I'm wrong, but it's around this number. If we, if I priced those, if we said Elon bought for the forty-four billion dollars that he spent on Twitter, at the higher four million dollar, it would be eleven thousand um, commercial wind turbines that he could have paid for. And oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. Like maybe eleven thousand doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but it's a lot. Like, that could make a huge difference in a lot of communities. And then, and like, it's also like everything that we can do for the planet is important. So even if it's a quote unquote small step, which I don't think it is, like, why wouldn't we do it? Um, And then I did the cost of residential solar. So if you were to get your home retrofitted with everything you needed for the solar panels to power your home. um, So a solar panel system on an average size house in the US, this is from Consumer Affairs, um, an average size house in the US ranges from $11,144 to $14,696, according to Energy EnergySage. Um, so again, if I do the math and I price that at the highest point with $44 billion, Elon could have paid for $2,994,011.97 dollars. <laughs> um, residential solar panel
1: units. Holy crap. I mean, that, those are some fascinating numbers, actually, Annika. And, and as you were talking about it, I was, I was um, reminded of a conversation I just had a number of weeks ago with a gentleman in Trenton. He works in this, in the state capital. He runs the cafeteria, cleans things up, really awesome, superb person. And he was just talking. I was actually there to work on the second edition of the book. And we started talking um, and he was, talking about how high his electric bills are in his home. And he lives in an urban area. I think he lives in Trenton or Camden. And he was just talking about how how high his electric bills are and how hard it was for him to keep up with those electric bills. And we were talking about solar panels and and actually the whole kind of scenario that you're talking about, although I was saying, government should should be supporting people to get individual solar. But if Elon Musk were to buy solar panels to put it on all those homes, all those millions of homes, not only would we be protecting the environment, protecting future generations, but we would be creating an immense number of jobs and we would be helping people like this gentleman who is struggling to heat his home, we would be helping him to be able to do that at a reasonable cost. Um, And that would just be friggin' amazing, amazing. And, you know, we always talk about in the environmental world about doing a just, just transition in terms of switching over from fossil fuel energy sources to clean energy sources. So having an Elon Musk make this kind of investment, he could make sure that that investment happened happened in a way and in a place and in a space where the recipients of the solar panels were people who truly were beneficial, couldn't afford it for themselves and would have life benefits, and also that they were happening in a way, in a place, in a space where the people who were being trained and hired to do that work were people who... Mm-hmm. Perhaps now work in the fossil fuel industry, so they need a job, so we're giving them a transition to a clean energy job. People who are uh, have, um, don't have the same access to education, don't have the same access to job opportunities because they are in BIPOC communities, they are in environmental justice communities. I mean, so many value-added benefits could come from that investment in those rooftop solar panels. What's coming from him buying Twitter? what we're going to put Donald Trump and abusive behaviors back onto the Twitter platform so people can be bullied into silence. People who are trying to actually do good things could be abused and bullied into silence, which is what happens. And which is why Twitter has, you know, has in place so many of the guardrails that it does. It's far from perfect, but it's a lot safer than it was because they have in place those policies and programs that try to keep that abusive speech offline, And as far as I understand it, and I think you just confirmed it, Annika, um, Elon Musk wants to take those guardrails off like away. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, I get, like, so I have two things off that. First, just so we're all clear on like the free speech thing, Twitter has been like pretty clear that they're like, first off if it was a free speech thing, (laughs) nobody would be on Twitter, there'd be no politicians, nothing like that. It's about the people that get removed from Twitter are people who are threatening the lives of others, spreading lies about uh, people in power or like everyday people like the rules are pretty strict that Twitter does. And like, sorry, if it happens to be that a lot of conservatives are tweeting dangerous things, and you guys are getting removed, maybe you should look at yourselves and not like put it to party lines, just, like, being 100% honest, um, and, like, this Twitter, like, used to have a motto of, like, the tweets must flow, and they were very, like, liberal about just letting things, and they're, like, okay, we, can, we are, have to remove things that are um, harassment, we have to remove things that are, like, sexualization of people, and, like, child pornography, like, that was where it started, and then they're, like, oh, well, we shouldn't really let, be letting people, like, openly post others' addresses, and be, like, you should just show up there, like, or, you know, like, oh, certain people should be burned. Like there's there, those people are removed because they are inciting violence against other individuals or being defamatory. So that's what the Twitter guardrails really are for. Um, so yeah, so and I've been reading a bunch of articles that like <laughs> Elon saying it's for protecting free speech is kind of BS. Like he has also given a lot more money that he's like in the past given money to both political parties but like recently he's given a little bit more to republicans like he gave 30 um according to politico he gave 33,900 to the national republican campaign committee um and then he's given about 2,800 donations to republican senator tom tillis john cornyn and susan collins and others but not to any democrats so like i don't know what your political leanings are elon but feel like you're not really protecting free speech but the other thing too is like it's when you're talking about how this money could help other people and like yeah like it should be funded by the government i think as a young person today it's very fresh one of the most frustrating narratives is that my generation like we have all these resources now that maybe like your generation didn't have or like my grandparents didn't have and so we should have it like so easy and like again this whole like stupid like if you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work really hard like it'll all work out no we are still earning people are still earning 725 minimum wage which was the same like when you and dad were my age making that money and things are 10 times more expensive like most millennials will not become homeowners in the future because they can't afford it we've all gone into significant like hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt because the capitalist rhetoric was if you don't get a college degree, you're not going to be able to work anywhere. So people who don't even have use for a college degree have spent all this money on it. And now they have to work to pay that off. And even like, it's just a lie that like you need a higher degree to get education or to get a good job. Like if you want to get that job and you need that degree, totally like more power to you. But as somebody <laughs> is finishing up law school, I am shocked at the amount of people that I go to school with that have more degrees than I do are some of the smartest people I've ever met and have been denied job after job after job because and like they're like I don't understand like the world promised me that this would open doors and it seems like every door is getting shut in my face and so like Elon just being able to contribute that money into programs that like yeah we wouldn't have to worry about our electricity bills because homes would be retrofitted with solar panels or more money to help get us off of fossil fuel dependency so we could spend less money by charging cars like it's just and you just spend it on buying twitter so you can push your own your own thing it is so infuriating
1: yeah, I, I just find it, it's really hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom having that much money, but I, I will say that when Dave and I are standing in line, actually, you and I did this too, Annika, you know, like when the Powerball number is really high and we go to buy tickets in the hopes of winning and all the people around, you know, when there's a line, they're chattering about all the ways they're going to spend their money on ridiculous things, buying stuff. And um, we stand there and talk about hmm, all the properties we could buy out from under the developer who wants to damage that precious ecosystem or how we could give money to put solar panels on people's homes or, you know, and, and just have so much fun thinking about all the ways if we had that money we could use it to really how many different kinds of organizations we could donate to to support their good works right because all the advocacy that happens on social justice and environmental fronts right that 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 requires people that requires resources and so you spread the money around to really truly progressive organizations and how much of a difference you can make and you know we're sitting there imagining all the good we could do here is somebody who who could just do so much good for the world. And all he wants to do is oversee Twitter. I mean, and he did do a lot of good with Tesla. The truth is, if anybody asks me, you know, I've I've had several electric cars and in the end, I got a Tesla and the reason I got a Tesla was not because I think it's this grand car in terms of its looks or how it operates inside. In fact, I'm really quite annoyed the radio system sucks and being able to get into the car door, the car actually operates um, by your um, by your cell phone. And so you walk up to the car and then the car is supposed to send your cell phone and you can get in. Well, sometimes it takes a really long time for the damn car to sense that you're there and for you to be able to open it. And so as Annika knows, I will stand there pushing the car door, trying to get into my car. It is not Nothing's happening. Car. And it's I'm like, okay, here comes the bad guy. Here comes, they're coming out, they're coming up to me and I can't get my car because the car won't open. Eventually it opens, of course, and I get in. But, um, but it's really quite annoying. But anyway, the point is, I I don't think it's the be all ends all of cars. In fact, um, my Chevy Bolt with a B, which was an all electric car, there were many things I liked about it much better than, than the Tesla. But, the Tesla, you can actually get from here to there, regardless of the distance. There are enough charging stations. The charging stations charge so friggin' fast. I can drive up, plug in my car, go into the rest stop, get a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom, come back. And I have charged immensely, you know, and often I can just get right back in my car and drive away and go where I'm going. And I don't need to like, figure it out, I tell my car where I'm going to, and it will find the charging stations along the way for me and tell me and map it out. So I don't have this stress about, is there going to be a charging station? And in fact, when I plug in my car, I mean, the truth is the car knows how to bill me. Whereas with other, other um, electric car systems, you can go to different kinds of charging stations, but you have to have their little prepaid card In order to pay to use their their charging station and they're slow and it's annoying and i can't find them and there are only two slots as compared to the you know tesla 10. so anyway long story short is as far as advances in electric cars Tesla did an amazing thing. Elon Musk did an amazing thing with his vision and he did so much good. And I always thought of him as like a good person when it came to the climate and the environment. And then he started doing this stuff like trying to fly to Mars and buying Twitter in order to open up the platform and remove the guide guide rails that actually protect people from danger you know, dangerous rhetoric, ab- abusive threats and abusive language. And I don't really know what to do with that. And, and here's somebody who has so much money who could do so much good. And yet at this point, they're choosing not to. How do you become that kind of person?
0: I mean, that's the thing is it's just I always find it interesting that I think the people with less money in the world tend to do the most good and the people with the most money don't Seem to do that much. Like, I, I'm not taking away from people that are like Leonardo DiCaprio, who started like a whole foundation. Do I still think he could give a bunch more money? Totally. But I'm not going to take away like the good stuff he did. But people like Elon, I'm kind of like, you don't really get to do one thing and then sit there on your literal mountain of wealth. Like, it's just, it's just like you could change the course of history in so many ways. And there's so many things happening in the world. Like, I don't know, whatever your stances on the Ukraine, Russia issue, I don't know, why don't you at least donate a bajillion dollars, a billion dollars, we'll say something um, more than that, but like a billion dollars to Ukraine to be like, use this for all the medical funds and to make shelters and things like that to support people who are now part of a war that they didn't sign up for. Like, so just so many things I could go on for a freaking hour, like Elon Musk, too. I don't know. You could, you could forgive probably all, if not most of the student debt in this country and like give everybody my age, like a chance to actually start off life on the right foot, but nope, I'm going to buy Twitter. <laughs> just, like yeah. it does. And I just am tired too. don't, it's this whole, like, I'm a crusader for free speech. No, you're not. That's how you're justifying it in your head. And I really liked this quote that he said, because I think it's perfect for this episode. Um, well, he tweeted, (laughs) I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter, because that's what free speech means. First off, again, don't know what narrative you're spinning. Cool. But some of your worst critics, here you go, bud. Um, I I just, it just infuriates me. It's just like, the planet is on fire. The planet is on fire. Use your money, donate. And it's again, too, it's like, I just heard today, actually, in the gas station someone said politicians are like toilet paper with a hole in it. And I thought that was really funny. And I actually was yeah. like, I not always, but I see what you're saying. And I'm like, if you really were someone that was like, I don't trust giving my money to politicians, give it to the bajillion nonprofits. Like give it to all the people that are doing good work that, you know, and we all see the results if you don't trust politicians.
1: I do. I, th- I always find it so sad when I hear people writ large saying they don't trust politicians. And like, I understand it, but I think it's so sad because I know a lot of politicians that are really in it to do good something bad was happening in their community or in their state. And they stepped up because they wanted to make a difference. And I think we see people at the federal level, we see a Bernie Sanders who really has dedicated himself and used his political platform to to raise other people up and to do good. So, So there are a lot of politicians that are out there doing the right thing, pursuing what they believe in. Even if I don't agree with what they believe in, they're being honest about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then we have, and they're doing it in a respectful, protective way. Um, And But we have so many politicians out there who are lying to people's faces, who are clearly using their positions of power to line their own pockets, um, and who don't actually care about anybody else, but keeping themselves in office. And So I understand why people don't want to be involved in the political process and don't believe in politicians. But there are a lot of good politicians out there and actually what I would say to you, if you don't think there are good people in power, representing you in political office, really think about stepping up and running yourself I know it's hard. Um, I can't honestly say I've done it. So I know it's hard by observation and by talking with people as they're running for office. Um, But I have seen, and we all have witnessed by watching the news, seeing the underdog, the person who ran just because they wanted to see change, actually being victorious. And they did it because they were true to what they believed in, and they were true to their constituents about what they were going to do when they got in office. So even if people didn't believe them, they respected them for their honesty, and they voted for them. So, you know, think about running for office because the more good people we can get into positions of power, the more we can make a change. And as Annika said, if you, if you don't know, if, if that's not your thing, which I totally get, um, there are a lot of organizations that are doing good works and holding politicians accountable to do the right thing. There are organizations like the Delaware Riverkeeper Network, like Green Amendments for the Generations, um, organizations dealing with hunger and food, et cetera. So support them or get involved with them to make a difference. But I did just want to say, I, I, I think it's sad that politicians are viewed as toilet paper with a hole in it. Yeah, because no. Because a I'm, lot of them aren't. <laughs> no,
0: I mean, also, like, I think we're fortunate in the Green amendment movement to work with a lot of politicians that like join for the right reasons and it makes me sad sad that they are only at the state level not that those people aren't important but like that they're not the people that are in washington dc seem to have more of the bully pulpit at the moment which is just like not reflective of the whole in my opinion because yeah like i've met so many politicians now that i'm like ugh, if there were just more of you there are more of you
1: or if you could get there like
0: Oh my gosh, I know.
1: Think about our legislative champions. Think about New Mexico Senator Sadia Lopez or New Mexico Representative Joanne Ferrari. I was just on a panel with New Jersey um, Senator Andrew Zwicker. He is our Green Amendment legislative champion in New Jersey. Representative Chuck Eisenhart out in Iowa and Senator Rick Bennett in Maine. I mean, these are Senator Mike Gabbard in Hawaii and Representative Deborah LeCanoff in Washington, right? I'm just running these names off of my head because these are beautiful people and they are in it for the right reasons. And they're advancing green amendments in their states knowing it's a heavy lift and it's really hard. Um, and of course they get bombed. Well, I don't want to say bombs. They get rocks thrown at them by, by, by the legislators, I would say on the wrong side of, of, socially progressive issues, and yet they don't care because they are just there to stand up for truth and protection, and they see constitutional environmental rights constitutional green amendments as providing that in a really powerful way for lots of people so you know they they are true 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 champions for people and the earth and future generations. And I'm glad to have the opportunity to give them a shout out. I mean, also another
0: good shout out to NCel, who has hooked us up with a lot of our great champions, found a lot of those people that are the National Congress of Environmental Legislators, if you don't know, um, who have found a lot of, or those people have joined this great group that are standing up for the planet. And yeah, like, it made me sad to hear it. I just am like making the point to like, if you don't want to give your money to politicians, Give it yep. to nonprofits. Like there are ways to help. And just Elon Musk spending $44 billion on Twitter drives me insane. I, like
1: the and moral the thing of this is, podcast. Yeah. The thing is about pollution and degradation. Um, it it it, you know, too many people, probably not the people listening to this podcast, um, try to be dismissive and say, well, it's just the environment, it's just a tree, it's just the fish. Um, you know, it's just a bug it's just a jaguar if you've been listening to recent episodes but it is not just these things these are living entities that share this earth with us and they have a right to be here and to survive and to thrive but also protecting them does protect the people when we protect the water the air the soil the ecosystems we we protect the people and i was actually looking at a um a recent report out of the Lancet Commission on Pollution and Health. I had to do it for another body of work. And it's just striking when you think about the numbers. They were just reporting on the fact that um, that diseases caused by air, water, and soil pollution were responsible for 9 million premature deaths in just one year. That is 6%. Of, or 16, 16% oh, of all people worldwide who, premature, who died in one year prematurely died because of air, water, and soil pollution. And that in fact, that number means that um, air, water, and soil contamination kill more people than smoking, hunger, natural disaster, war, AIDS, or malaria. I have that in my book, actually, that pollution kills more people than war. How stunning is that? And yet, if somebody like an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos, you know, could rather than investing in trying to find a planet beyond Mars, invest in protecting planet E here, the Earth, um, all those lives could be saved we could all mm-hmm. be enriched and we could all live happier safer healthier lives so i doubt elon musk is listening to the green jeans podcast but i hope somebody shares it with him yeah. because you know he he does have a vision for how to do things better in a way that helps the earth and he has the resources to make it happen beyond electric cars he could put he could put solar panels on the, ha- on the rooftops of millions of people like Annika calculated out. And I sure hope he does. Just like he made that million dollar investment in response to the hunger challenge. How about you make a um, $40 million, how about you make a billion dollar investment in rooftop solar and in environmental justice communities and making sure that those getting the jobs are part of the communities that need a just transition. That would be a great thing to do. I just also think too,
0: like you don't need Twitter to exercise your free speech. It's a nice little added tool to amplify your free speech, but you can go out in the world and exercise free speech every day. Um, If your water is not clean, SOL on that one, you just can't do anything. You literally can't live life without clean water and clean air and a healthy environment. Um, And those are things that we, like you're just saying, like we all need this protection and we're all interconnected. So like, it would be way better if you actually put your money into Protecting life sustaining things that people need versus social media that is just kind of a want. Like, let's we all like social media, but nobody needs it to survive. You need air and water to survive.
1: So, with that, I hope that you will go to www.forthegenerations.org and actually exercise your right to free speech in a powerful way to help secure a constitutional right to a clean, safe, and healthy environment for all people here in the United States of America. Or what else could they do, Annika, if they want to exercise their free speech in a way that makes a difference? If you
0: would like to support the Delaware Riverkeeper Network, if you live in New York, Pennsylvania, Delaware, or New Jersey, you can join the Delaware Riverkeeper Network at www.delawareriverkeeper.org. You can become a member for free. You can make a donation. You can learn all cool stuff about, if you listen to our past episodes, Sturgeon, Horseshoe Crabs, and find out ways that you can get active in that instrumental watershed um yeah and also (laughs) tag elon musk in this guys and be like you should donate to the environment just saying (laughs) all right and don't forget also you can follow us on instagram at green jeans pod have a great week
1: everybody until Until, next time (laughs)
0: until next time oh i just stole your line.